The Health and Fitness Show with Dr. Diane Cooper in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Experiencing hearing difficulties? Book your free hearing test at one of our clinics in Kinnegad, Mullingar or Tullamore and get impartial advice on hearing aids, ear protection, tinnitus help and more. Thehearingconsultancy.ie You're very welcome to the Health and Fitness Show here on Midlands 103. I'm your host, Dr. Diane Cooper. And joining me in studio this evening is Mark Gavin. And I'm delighted to talk to Mark. He's a former international assistant referee with uh, lots of of great stories. We've been having a chat just before we came on air. Mark, it's lovely to have you in studio. Thanks a million for coming in. No problem. Thanks very much for inviting me down. Really Uh, appreciate it. It's it's great to have you, Mark. um, I'm probably a little strange in in how I see things. And I've actually been quite interested in in, in referees, actually. Um, So, like, say when we're watching a game, it's an occupation hazard. Of course, I'm looking at, oh, you know, thinking, I wonder what training, you know, the, the players are doing this week, or I'm thinking about how they're prepping for competition, and I'm thinking about recovery and nutrition and all sorts of stuff. But I often think about the refs. Um, now, before we get into your absolutely wonderful career, and I, I can't wait to, to hear about those, those stories, but I often think about the refs and, like... Ha- First of all, how you get into that work and second of all, what kind of criteria you'd need to make to do it because you obviously have to be very fit to be able to do that job. Um, So I'm wondering, actually, let's start at the beginning. Will you take us back to how did you get into this side of things? Uh, Yeah, so to answer a couple of your questions, I suppose, you have to be a little bit crazy to do it. I think there's nothing very attractive about being a referee and we were talking off air there and there is no real reward bar the fact that you're involved in the game and for some people that's a lot you know to be there and to be with the best players be it in the League of Ireland or be it internationally that's a really big incentive to become a referee sure yeah how I got into it uh, my dad was a referee um, he would have been a junior referee for the Kildare Leash branch and um, he was kind of doing it for years and I wasn't enjoying playing I wasn't very good at it Um, I you know, it was one of those things where you're going out on a Sunday and you're just kind of doing it for the sake of being active. Um, so he convinced me to go and do it and the agreement was I would do underage football for a year and I would see how it goes. And I I actually skipped, it was it used to, it used to be a five-day uh, training course to become a referee and I, I didn't bother going for the first two nights because I was trying to get out of it to be honest nobody wants to be a referee so I, I turned up on the Wednesday and I still finished I, it was only there for three days and I still finished top of the class it was just one of those things where it just came naturally to me Yeah. so um, obviously being a son of a referee you're, you're dealing with a lot of it at home week in week out and he's still a, a, an avid uh, soccer maniac is the only way you can't kind of go home, call into the house and there's a soccer match on so uh, it's probably Brentford under 12 girls or something he's watching <laughs> but it's just anything he will absolutely, watch absolutely yeah so yeah. Um, that was ha- kind of how I got into it I, I agreed to do one season and I joined the Kildare Leash branch in 2000 uh, so it's going back a good a good number of years and uh, at the end of the first season after the underage underage is, is hard you have to deal with the parents it's it's really difficult so um, at the end of the first season, I was approached about going on to do senior men's uh, in the Kildare Leash uh, League, I suppose the easiest way to do it, or Kildare and District League, it wasn't the time. Um, and I, I decided to go for it and I just, I gave it a go. And I suppose my progression happened quite quick. 
um, even though I didn't go on to the League of Ireland for a while I was I was doing reasonably well um, I think I went didn't go on to the League of Ireland until 2007 so it was I had a good grounding in, in junior football sure which I think is really important and some of the guys that go on to the League of Ireland that don't have that kind of really struggle with that transition across so I had a good grounding I had been in all the dog fights I had <laughs> thrown the bag in the ditch on the way out of a number of games oh dear so I had done all the yeah. things that you're supposed to do to, to kind of educate yourself and bed yourself in as a referee yeah and you know that that's that education side was really really important and I kind of went on uh, the manager at the time of the League of Ireland was, was Pat Kelly from Cork who was a really good guy and he invited me onto the panel in 2007 the progress then got really, really quick in 2010. I became an international assistant referee. You're you're kind of asked to specialise, you know, if, if they see you as having potential as an international, they'll ask you to, speci- uh, to pick a speciality, either refereeing or, or an assistant. And in my case, I was I was pigeonholed as an assistant, just for want of a better word. Okay. And uh, it was great because you had the opportunity then to go abroad and to go to all these European games. So that was that kind of happened really, really quick. You know, 2007, you go on and then within a couple of seasons, you're, you're on the international panel and stuff. It's amazing. But you know, I suppose in, in any career, isn't it, isn't it like that? Like you'll spend a number of years laying the foundations and doing the hard learnings and the real, true hard learnings. And then it's nearly like, it can, it can often seem like overnight, it just went from, you know, zero to 100. But of course, you've put in all of that groundwork first. Yeah, so you really yeah. know what, what, what you're at. Um, so yeah, so so with that then, so there must have been an awful lot of travelling. Uh, yeah, yeah, for the international stuff, yeah, there was yeah. probably not as much as as there should be. I think Irish referees are are not given the credit they deserve. We have some really really top class referees, and because we're a smaller nation, football and wise we're not really given the opportunities that other countries would get. Okay, so if you're from Germany, Italy, France, or England, you know even if you don't have a huge amount of talent you're given the opportunities now I'm not saying they're not talented they obviously have to go on and progress but the opportunities are just greater where Irish lads have to kind of really go out and and tick all the boxes Mm. and do really Mm. well when they're abroad and that's really Mm. really important you have to from my perspective every time I left the country it didn't matter if it was a Champions League youths game uh, Europa League qualifier whatever it was I was going out to I was representing my country sure that was it absolutely and yeah. there was no way around it some guys would see friendlies as kind of wishy-washy not really trips you know but as far as I was concerned someone's paying to put me on a plane to send me out somewhere I'm representing my country now and I have to act appropriately when I'm away and for me that was always kind of I'm very black and white um, I, I did it for the right reasons I, you know if a team I didn't like had a decision that was going to go for them they got the decision because that's the right way to do things yeah. mm. so your your personal preferences had to stay in the dressing room and all that sort of stuff Sure well you're obviously very good at, at, at it <laughs> <laughs> how, how far you went with it and how long um, and I'm just just wondering with, with all the travelling and with the demands like like were you working as well at the same time? That's, that's one of the big problems with Irish refereeing so mm. we have to we have to work there, mm. there's not mm. enough in it for us to do it this full time you know so um, I worked I absolutely worked mm-hmm. yeah and I, I was really lucky I was with a company that allowed me to uh, take the time off to go and do it but in order to get the time off I had to work the sure. time up oh, yeah, of course. you know yeah. so mm-hmm. I was working long hours mm-hmm. and then I was going travelling and 
that has an impact on everything. It has an impact on your professional life. Like I had to not take promotions because it was going to impact on the amount of flexibility I had. Uh, it impacts in your home life. Like I have two small kids now, which were a huge factor in, in my decision to step away. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because you're just gone. Like I remember we were in, I think, Sweden for a Europa League, uh, European Championship qualifier, I think. Um, and we, we flew back in on a Friday morning and we flew back out again to go to Turkey for eight days for VAR training, you know. And like you're only in on a Friday in Dublin Airport and you're back on the Sunday. And mm. like when you have small kids at home, they're kind of, you're watching them growing up through a phone. And that's not, you know, as, a, as any sort of reasonable parent, you're saying, this is kind of getting a bit heavy now. I need to kind of have a think about this. So, um there's lots of things going on, lots of things I wasn't happy with. I wasn't happy with the the way referees in this country are educated, the way they're treated. Um, and a lot of that impacted my decision to, to step away. I won't say retired because I'm only 43 and I don't like using that. <laughs> that, that uh, a bit early, yes. Yeah, a yeah, li- yeah. little bit early. But I, I decided to step away. My last League of Ireland game was the 20th of uh, November in 2020. Mm. So... Um, yeah, but that that's look that's how I got into it. It was it was very much a family thing. Um it it's not it shouldn't be an enjoyable pastime. It really shouldn't. It, there's nothing attractive about it. I was just about to ask, right, because I, I can only imagine um the downsides of it because it might seem like no matter what decision you make, like fifty percent of the crowd is not going to be happy with you anyway. I, I would um, say probably probably more, probably yeah. about eighty yeah. percent are not going to be happy with you regardless <laughs> of what you give. So yeah, look, a lot of people and, and I've seen an awful lot of people talk about uh, referee abuse and all that sort of mm. stuff and it's it shouldn't be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you take all the referees in the country and, and if they all decide in the morning this isn't for me I'm not doing mm-hmm. it then sports stops absolutely that's it it's absolutely, gone yeah. so every yeah. child that's going out hoping yeah. for a kick about I know, and I it's know. not that important to them if all the referees step away then it's gone absolutely you know and, I think and that's the reality of it that, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. is the reality and mm-hmm. I think an awful lot of people forget that it's easy as a parent as everything else it's easy to get caught up in the moment and go ah come on how, you know how did you not mm. give a penalty for mm. that or whatever mm. it's so easy and I, I get that side of it and for me I never thought about stepping away from refereeing because of sidelines or abuse yes. or managers. Yeah. Like I have to say and like it's a good opportunity for me to kind of say it, that that the players and the managers and, and the supporters in the League of Ireland in general I found really, really good. Mm. You know, mm. like you're always going to have uh, factions or sections of certain clubs that sure. are going to be more boisterous than others and, and yeah. cause problems. But for me the, the League of Ireland was really, really mm. good. It was... Mm. You know, you're talking like I I've a, a close. My my wife is from Bally Buffet, so anytime I was up there, I would go to a Finn Harps match. And at at the time when I was going, it was a really family orientated club. It was really really good. And then over time, you know, the competition sets in. They want to stay in the Premier Division or gain promotion, and you know that little bit started to creep in more and more. Where you know decisions that would have been Asher, ah, sure, look, go on, you know they started to become more boisterous and yeah. stuff like that. But mm. in general, I never, ever thought about stepping away because of, of mm. abuse. Mm. If anything, I, one of the main reasons I, I stepped away was because of the lack of education and support we have from the top level down, down in actual refereeing. Yeah. Not because yeah. of the, the, the supporters. Like they were, like you're always going to get it and you expect mm. it to get it when you're a referee. So... Sometimes it gets overboard. Sometimes, and and absolutely, you know, there's some things that just can't be condoned. And 
but I think 90% of it is just education like we talked about with off air and it's put somebody else into, into your shoes and let them see what it's like yeah absolutely let, let them walk in your shoes for, for a day or a match or a few matches and it becomes a completely different thing yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. Like, like we can we can install bans and we can say okay you've been abused to a referee and you're going to be banned from attending any match for six months or a year or mm. whatever it is mm. grand but when they come back there's no education mm, yeah sure they're no different yeah, so yeah. what should should be happening is go, we're not going to ban you we're going to make you go and we're going to make you do twenty referee 20 games but to do that you have to become a referee first yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean and yeah, yeah. just yeah. educate them and then yeah. they might go actually this isn't as easy as it thought no, was it, was, it you know? never is never no, never it's always no. easy to, to offer an opinion you know as I say from the sideline but it's never And but it, like to step into that shoes like I, I wonder like for you to walk into some of those stadiums like the, the huge crowds like you know how how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, it's, or do you do? You, are you just so focused on on the game that you don't even see it? Like, so what what kind of goes through your head as as you as you as you're doing that? I think I think the top guys are really really good at that. I think their match preparation are really good. Um, and one of the ways I used to do it was it's a visualised thing do you mm-hmm. know what I mean yeah, so yeah, sure. mm-hmm. you you would go to ma- loads of grounds in the League of Ireland and you would probably see me asleep in the car before the match do you know what I mean I'd get there probably an hour before I should need to get there Yeah. and just take that time to just yes. chill out yeah, and be just relaxed. be relaxed yeah. some mm. of the times what I, I actually wouldn't be asleep I'd just have my eyes closed mm. and I'd be going through all the different scenarios that's probably potentially going to happen mm. now that can be positive sometimes and it could be, could be negative because sometimes you can something can happen during the match that you've visualised in your head and you've taken through but the end result is not the same mm. so you're going well, th- I've seen this happening and this guy's going into the penalty area and he's going to go down and then you're ready to give the penalty because that's what you did in your head but in actual fact he doesn't and he just kicks it wide and you're going oh I nearly gave a penalty there <laughs> that was really ropey that I, need to, I need to kind of take a step back here mm. so preparation is key I think it, it, it becomes part of you then the visualised bit where you, you can't just leave it behind like if you're doing this all the time you can't leave what you do for mm. 90% of your week and then when you go home like you're visualising everything yes yeah yeah you know yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's what's the potential scenarios mm. that's going to happen here if if it ever occurred that you made a decision and you, you know you were doubting yourself or, or maybe you thought about it after do, does that happen and how do you deal with it yeah I, I, absolutely absolutely uh, Unlike every other referee in the country, I never made any mistakes. So that was that was one of those things. Fair play. <laughs> Listen, no referee in the country is every referee in the country is 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 making mistakes. Nobody's infallible. Infallible. Of course, that's yeah, that's sure. the way it works. Yeah. You know, and we're all human. Yeah, absolutely. And if you look even at the at the last couple of weekends in the in the Premier League, even with all the technology they're they're they have at their disposal, they're still making mistakes. They get to watch it back and watch it back and watch it back, and they're still making mistakes we don't have that technology so absolutely we absolutely make mistakes does it creep in on you absolutely mm-hmm. you know we used to have the Monday Night Football or MNS used to be on Monday Night Soccer and you'd be behind the couch hoping that the decision you made was was correct but for the times when it did go wrong it absolutely like I used to own every decision I would never try and, and deflect away yeah. or say it was because mm. of something else mm. I was really, really honest, probably too honest on a lot of, of occasions. So, um, it, but it did, it creeped in. Yeah. Mm, and, and I could sit mm. here for the next hour and tell you every mistake mm, I ever made mm. in a 20 year span. It it never goes away. And mm, I mm. think people, when they're at a game, they don't realise that. 
you know a referee doesn't want to make mistakes no, absolutely you know? and this is exactly because I my, I think my brain works slightly differently <laughs> to a lot of people like all of this would go through my head as I watch a referee yeah and uh, so it, to me that would because I would be thinking oh my god if, if that was me what would I do and how would I handle that and how would that affect me after and I know with my personality it would um, because and, and for someone like you who's obviously so conscientious and you've devoted everything to this and you're doing your absolute best um, so I just I, yeah I just I just wondered but like that's all you can do is your best anyway well that's it you try you try really really hard and, and everyone that I ever met in the League of Ireland really really tried hard mm. I, I would say the ones that do really well are really good at the political end of things mm, and you know mm. they, they say the right things at the right time you know some people just go out and want to do the job mm. I was one of those mm, I wasn't mm. good at the political end of things um, but yeah the, when you make a mistake you it really does get in on you mm, you know mm. and, and I would have went through a tough time we we'll say between 2012 2014 where I was kind of butting heads a little bit with the management structure and I, I felt I wasn't getting the correct support and I, I felt they were putting barriers in my way to try and progress and it was it was a tough time and I got in and what I didn't realise was happening was when you go to bed at night and you're trying to filter out your day and sure. figure out what's going on mm. I was going into bed and go right let's have this conversation now mm. and let's have mm. this argument and I started to lose sleep yeah. all the time incrementally yeah. I, I didn't even realise it was happening but I actually got really really sleep deprived mm-hmm. and it got to the stage I remember vividly I was in Dundalk Stephen Kenny the Irish manager was, was the manager at the time and Stephen was boisterous he used to have an assistant who, who used to do the running and, and, and giving out uh, Vinnie Part, who was a really good guy and uh, but Stephen sometimes would try and come out and he'd be heading the ball and he'd be kicking the ball up the sideline in his mind and he'd just step out that little bit too far so you just kind of listen Stephen can you can you step back there and I got to one game where I actually started all my short and long term memory because I was losing sleep was affected mm. and I went to ask him to step back and I actually couldn't remember his name and I, this is a guy I knew really well yeah sure yeah, yeah. and I, I couldn't remember it yeah. and then it started to get into me and like like most men you know if it's man flu I'll tell everybody but when it's something that you actually think this this might be a little bit more than yeah. I actually think it is yeah. it's really mm. difficult because you can't talk about it and, mm. you know it got to the stage where if I was in work and I, I needed to go and get some materials I'd know exactly what I needed I'd walk over and I'd be absolutely oblivious to why I was there mm. and yeah. it was just so stressful yeah absolutely and and it was all caused by just this this ongoing thing with, with the management and it just um it was really difficult at the time and you're trying to figure out then you're driving home in the car and you're trying to figure out I'm in my thirties here and I actually think I'm I'm losing my memory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know mm. why. Mm. I didn't realise it was so All sleep deprived. Stress and lack of sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and yeah. then you're trying to figure out how do you tell your wife she she's bought a dud here? Like this is this is not going well. You know, I I could in a couple of weeks time I might actually not know what her name is. Do you know? Yeah, and, that, that was yeah, and, really and you have small kids as well. Well, at yeah, the time, at the time, I didn't. Like mm, my my mm, eldest is only six now mm, at the time, mm. and and my daughter is four. So, 
the kids kind of came along a little bit later because I was never at home. Yeah, to, to yeah, have, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's, I was, I that's, was and that's away. the reality yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and and like, you know, because really what we're talking about now is is, is mental health and it impacting physical health yeah. and everything. Every wellness, every aspect. Absolutely. Of, um, and, and the cause of that can be very different for all of us, but it'll end up in the same thing. And if you start losing yourself um, and losing your ability to interact in your own life with the people that you love, then it is a very serious yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like you said, it happens very slowly over time. And you don't realise uh, it. You don't yeah. realise it. And you're in it for an awful lot longer than you think you are. And then oh, and then it, you're, you're seeing the, the problems associated yeah. with this. Yeah. So the best way yeah. I could describe it is the world kind of becomes black and white. Yeah. yeah. You know, you start to lose colour and the joy and stuff. Mm-hmm, like what mm-hmm, would have happened mm-hmm. was I would have been seeing the worst in people. Mm-hmm, Do you know, mm-hmm. like especially during the recession, you were in a League of Ireland game. We don't, Americans go to therapists. Irish people go and shout at referees. That's the way they get rid of their stress and their frustration. That's what they do because it's cheaper. That's, let's let's call a spade a spade. But during the recession, we would have had to deal with a lot more than we were getting now. You know, okay. because mm. people were just frustrated. Mm. But you had to realise they were just frustrated. Frustrated, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So I was going home and my whole thing was I get home and I close the gate and I just leave the world mm. outside. Mm. And I started. You hit the nail in the head. I started to lose myself mm. a little bit. Mm. Now. My career was still going really well. Yeah, sure, yeah. I was catching up on that that much needed half an hour of sleep before the game. So I was I was coping. I was operating at a really, really high level. You know, the games are going well. Mm, mm. I, you, you won't see one report. Do, you know, we were assessed on every game. Yeah, yeah. So you won't see one report where it was my fitness was lacking or whatever it was lacking, you know. Um, and and the fitness thing I was just about to ask right because when you get to that point and I'm going to backtrack then yeah. as well but when you get to that point um, and if you've ever been there you know what it's like so when you get to that point did you notice that like physically fitness wise games were taken a little bit more out of you or it was harder to recover or did you did you notice the, the physical any physical change in fitness no mm. no I, mm. I, I would say no I didn't and I tell mm. you why because we were operating at a level when you're on the international panel there's there's the set criteria that you need to hit mm. and then there's other stuff that you just you do yourself to try and be better sure so I at that stage where I was I would have said the biggest thing that I, I noticed was my motivation mm. so yeah. I, I listened to Mark Rowe and some of the stuff he was talking to you about and <clears throat> you know your motivational storage yeah yeah. so my motivational storage was just leaking out all over this mm. I was going why am I doing this mm. what, who is it for I, I'm looking in the mirror and I, I what are the benefits of like yeah, the yeah, wise, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and I really uh, you know you're looking in the mirror and you kind of don't recognise who you're seeing back yeah, because sure. it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's completely different yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. so what I did was I stepped away and, and I, I had kind of planned kind of 20, 2012 2013 season I said this is my last season mm. I'm, I'm not going to continue on and I I said I'm going to do X, Y and Z and if I get to the end of the season, season and I'm still enjoying it I'll stick it out mm-hmm. and that's what happened I, I just took every game yeah. one by one and yeah. I'd go out and I'd, I'd, I'd try and enjoy the atmosphere and anyone like I, I'll give you an example anyone who's been to a full house in Dalymount Park there's nowhere like it in Ireland do you know what I mean it's a really really good experience and refereeing is, is inher- it, we're asking people to do something that's inherently negative so if you step onto a pitch you know, you have your f- uh, fight or flight response. Yeah. When you're met with a stressful situation, yeah. that's your two options. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a referee run away <laughs> or start fighting somebody on yeah, the pitch? Absolutely, yeah. It just can't yeah, happen because yeah. it's trained out of you. Mm. So your, your, your body fills with cortisol, your body fills with adrenaline and you just have to stand there and take it. So you have all that stuff going on mentally and physically. Yeah, sure. And then yeah. you have to kind of just 
no well that's that's what goes mm. on that's, you just have to accept that it's you know? such it's such a huge thing it re, it, it is it's it, it's like, like and, and I think maybe it, it, for our listeners if you haven't thought about things from the perspective of the ref I think this is really uh, an eye opener which is a good thing it's yeah. a very good thing um, now you did mention of course you know you know me now and my, my interest fitness. in the old fitness you did mention criteria can I ask just out of pure interest can I ask what are like what's the criteria that you'd have to meet to be operating at that level I think the criteria from the time I, I joined to the time I finished the criteria changed massively so okay. even if you're a junior referee now you have to hit a fitness test once a season right so in general they do a seminar so it's an educational seminar and then you go out you're, you have a number of sprints that you have to hit a certain time on to make sure that you can get from A to B quick enough and then it was the old Cooper test it was, was what we had to do starting off so you had 12 minutes and run as far as you can around the track so I think the, the minimum criteria was 2,400 metres and then incrementally as you went up the, the grades it would get higher right yeah excuse me mm, so um, that makes sense yeah yeah. so 2.6 became the norm if you wanted to be grade 1 then you went out to the League of Ireland it was 2.8 but then what happens is you get some guys that are really really fit and they change the the, the, the crossbar do you know what I mean they move it up so you have a guy who comes on and goes well I'm going to run 3000 metres mm, in 12 minutes mm. to set myself apart from everyone else yeah 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 so the pack then has to the, the new goal has to become 3000 <laughs> right, metres yeah yeah so yeah. there's a guy in Germany and, and sometimes you can set the goal where people say well that's achievable mm. I, I can train and I can get to that and then mm. you have a German guy who goes out and runs 3600 metres in 12 minutes and everyone's going he's alright leave him there you know, I'm, I'm not doing that <laughs> there's a limit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, but incrementally the goal posts change yeah and and, and we've had some really good guys and really fit guys in the League of Ireland that have done that, that have gone and said, well, do you know what I mean? I think we can move this, this goalpost. And sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes it can burn off the people that are at the back. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, in general, it, 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 it moved on then. There was an interval. It changed to an interval test. So it was 20, 150 metre runs. Mm-hmm. So you had 30 seconds to do each run. And you had a recovery of 40 seconds if you're an assistant, 35 seconds if you're a referee, where you would walk 50 metres. Right. So it was basically 10 laps of a track. Yeah, yeah. So you run every 150 and then you, you walked a bit in the middle. Yeah. And then that's fabulous. You're massively <laughs> oh fabulous. Oh, listen. Vomit. <laughs> but uh, it changed then again and they broke it down further because what they had to do was they had to try and bring the criteria closer to what a match simulation sure, is like. Sure, makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. now what it is, you have to run 75 metres in 15 seconds and then you have to walk 12 and a half metres up, turn 12 and a half metres back, which is 25, mm. and then do it again. And you have to do that 40 times. Oh my goodness. Right. Yeah, well, it, look, it makes sense, but It oh makes sense, God. but you're 15, yeah. like, and it's 15 seconds on the klaxon. If you're outside the zone, then then you're out, mm. you know. So mm. um, for a, for the assistants had uh, what do we have 20 seconds and then the referees had 18 seconds Okay. so y- your recovery bit in the middle was where you took in all your oxygen mm. some lads didn't need oxygen some lads just had a third lung it, it didn't phase them doing this stuff And but incrementally the fitness tests got more and more numerous Yes. So I remember one season doing six, seven fitness tests. Right. Okay. I was going to ask because yeah. you know because for any of us if we're tested once a year um Anything can happen in the well, rest of the yeah. that time in terms of your actual fitness level. So I wondered, would you would you have had to been put under pressure a number of times a year yeah, to keep that yeah. standard? And and yeah. what what they started to do was including you know alongside the the interval test, they brought in a yo yo test, which is essentially like a beep test, yeah, where you're up sprinting up, turning, coming back, and then all of a sudden they started to go. Mm, 
we've 10 referees out with ankle injuries and Achilles problems yeah. I wonder why mm. because they're doing 7 or 8 fitness mm. tests a year yeah, yeah. some of them are doing more fitness tests yeah. than they were doing games and is there a training plan to support that or is it just that you're tested or how does the whole training side of things this, work this is one of the big issues that I, I would have how, how we train and how we train compared to European countries um, in recovery how we look after our bodies so there is a plan but it's a generic plan mm. so I'm not six foot four. I'm not whatever weight. So I, I, sh- my plan should be completely different to a guy who is six foot four. Do you know what I mean? And and there was it was just a generic plan you're sent out, and it didn't matter where you were, didn't matter if you were recovering from injury. That was the plan, mm. and it was to be honest with you, a lot of it was a copy and paste job from UEFA plans that were sent out. Right. So there okay. is specific training, mm. and some of the training is really good. Mm. We had a. I, I used to come to Tullamore actually sometimes for. Um, for the, the, the regional training so we had three regional mm. centres we had one in Dublin one in Cork one in Tullamore mm. and we, we, they've expanded that now this season there's lots more to try and accommodate people and, and their actual lives and stuff like that so I used to come over here and we had a really good guy called Ray Murray he's a local guy here and he was brilliant because he didn't train athletes he trained people you know if you were having a bad day he knew to kind of take his side and go, you know, everything all right, what can I do to help? Yeah, what can I yeah, do to support yeah. let's, you? Let's modify this. Yeah, yeah. 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 Whereas mm. if you went to Dublin mm. and, and people try to avoid Dublin if they'd made a mistake at the weekend because you had some of the senior guys that took, you know, the banter that little bit too mm. far mm. and it probably bordered in a lot of cases on bullying, mm. you know, especially the younger guys. And I, I just disliked going there I worked in Dublin and I was travelling to Tullamore because I disliked going to that training centre mm, that's interesting yeah yeah, you yeah. know and, mm. and I think a lot of lads didn't realise they were doing it it was one of the things you know you're refereeing you get abused the weekend so you're going to get referee mm. you're going to get abuse in the dressing room but the simple fact of the matter is as a referee everyone's out to get you the managers the fans as you said some, sometimes 50% sometimes it's more you know are, are going to disagree with the mm. decision you need somewhere to go in order to get support. Exactly. So I was just going to say, it sounds like there's a major gap for that type of, of support, which is actually, it, 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 the, the, if you get more of that, you're much better able to do the difficult job that you're being asked to do. Well, refereeing is based on confidence. Mm, do you know, yeah, if you're yeah. confident, mm. you know, your confidence can, confidence can get knocked. Yeah. But if you have somebody where you, you know, I know this guy is going to be behind me. I know he's going to support me then that's, that's fine. But for a long, long time, we didn't have it. Now, they've changed managers this mm, year mm. and he's a really good guy. I know him really well and he's really, really focused on on refereeing elements. But sometimes it's the political element can influence what you need to do. You know, someone will come in, knock on the door and go, this game needs to go well. So you might be trying to progress a young referee and put him into a game and then you kind of go, oh, they're putting pressure on me. I need I need one of the senior guys. Mm. So the senior guys then start getting all the big games. <clears throat> and if you're going to try and motivate the guys coming through, then you need to give them the benefit of actually putting them in and sure. giving them the experience. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in terms of why we're, we're way off what the Europeans are doing, some of the stuff we we're doing fitness-wise, <clears throat> like if we went for a European game, you travel, you have to be in the country 24 hours before a match. You go to the ground the, or the venue that you're going to be in the next day and you do a training session. Right, okay. And when I started that wasn't happening you went out you went for dinner you went mm. to sleep you made sure you were mm. recovered and you did the game and then it, you know as the, as the criteria started to change what they wanted you to do was to prepare for the match correctly Yeah. so going to the game was like, the exact same way as the teams did you went to the ground you had your time slot and you did your training where we were wrong in what we were doing and we're still wrong 
was that we trained way too hard. Mm, mm, Do you know what I mean? Mm. We were going out and because we're from a smaller country, we're trying to make an impression that we're really fit and we're really this, that and the other. Whereas that's the wrong way to look at it. Like the European lads were just like, what are you doing? Stop. Like this is madness. Like, you know, you should be just, you know, stretching out after. You could have maybe three flights going to the game. So stretch out, you know, get flexible. Do your bit of exercise. Get your heart rate up Mm -hmm. in some cases. Mm -hmm. But then chill out because it, it, the important bit is that you're is ready your per- to go. your performance in yeah. the actual game and not be fatigued from Abs- the lead up into the yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, of course. But yeah. some yeah. of the younger referees want, oh, we need to make an impression here and mm-hmm. this is, and, and I can completely understand psychologically why they wanted to do that. But I remember doing a Premier Division game on a Monday in Drogheda. So Premier Division game, 90 minutes, did it, got up the next morning and flew out. Mm. Went to the ground for a European game and we did half of the fitness test on the pitch. Box to box. Right. So 18 yard line to 18 yard line. We're doing high level sprints up yeah, and down the yeah, pitch. Yeah, yeah, And th- like we would get a liaison officer that would kind of go take you around everywhere and show for you and, and look after you for the three days that you're there. And he pulled us aside and went like, what are you doing? Like this is this is too much. Mm. And I said, you think that's bad? I had a game last night. And he nearly fell out of his yeah, chair. Like, yeah, he was yeah. like, yeah, completely com- overdrained, yeah. overdoing it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the European lads go, they look after their mm. flexibility, they look after, it's, Health and fitness in European countries is a lifestyle. It's not something that ticks a box. Do you know? So um, that was one of the things that I looked at and, and I just couldn't agree with the way we were doing things. I just couldn't, uh, I couldn't reconcile some of the stuff that we were doing. More so the support. Like we, the League of Ireland, in my opinion, up to now, now I'm going to give the guy the benefit that's coming in now, could be completely different since I left. You know, I, I would say I doubt it. But there was a lot of things that we did in the League of Ireland that I would say we we relied on toxic discipline. So basically, if I want Diane Cooper to improve, I'm going to slate Diane Cooper mm. in the next meeting and say, you need to get better. Oh dear. Mm. That's, and mm. that's toxic. Mm. If you're mm. trying to build somebody's confidence, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. And what happens is then you, you disjoint the panel. So the panel kind of separates because everyone's kind of sitting in the corner going, well, it's not me this week, so I'm happy. I'll, I'll just stay out of this. Whereas before, we had really senior referees like of Alan Kelly and Ian Stokes and all these guys where if something was happening in the panel, they would handle it. They would go to you and go, listen, your performance needs to improve. And that was really, really good because they would kind of sit down with you and go, okay, tell me what's happening. What's, what's going on here? How can we improve this? And that kind of phased out because everyone was going, it's it's target practice now when you just have to avoid the gun. Mm. That's the way mm. it is. Mm. So um, I, I, and that was one of the things that I, I was butting heads with with the management over. I, I just disagreed with a lot of the stuff that was going on. And I remember vividly going to one meeting where uh, we had a high profile friendly in, in Aviva. I wasn't on the game, but it was, I think it was Liverpool and Napoli. And there was a really good young assistant referee coming up. He was on the international panel and he was, you're trying to build him into something greater that can go on yeah. and achieve things mm. in Europe. Yeah. And the first clip came up and it was a mistake he made in this friendly. It was a friendly. Let's, that, that, that's all it was. Now it's high profile mm. but it's still a friendly mm. in the Aviva on your home turf. Yeah, yeah. And the next clip was another mistake and the next clip oh, was another mistake yeah, and the yeah. next clip oh, and you're saying and he's sitting there just and you getting can, a battering yeah, and, and yeah. he's just getting smaller and smaller yeah, yeah. and part of me I think finished that day yeah. because not because it happened but because I didn't get up and do anything mm, about it. Okay, okay. And I think that was a big thing. I was kind of going, well, it's not me. And then I'm going, right, now I'm going into a zone where I'm saying, I, I don't want to be this. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I want to be the person that goes, that's a penalty. Mm. And here's why it's a penalty. And we talked off air about, 
if people just explain their decisions. Whereas you can't build confidence by knocking people all yeah, the time. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And that's yeah. and, and that's mm. where we're completely mm. off track mm. with where mm. the Europeans are. Mm. And the, the guy coming in, I, I absolutely hope he gets that right because if he doesn't get it right, like I've seen the fixture list for, for the opening weekend of the League of Ireland and the panel is decimated. Like it's it's young guys, it's guys coming through. A lot of the experienced guys have said, if I've had enough of this mm. and I'm leaving. Mm. So I hope he gets this right because if he doesn't, He's he's only just mm. he's wasting his time because mm. the good guys he needs are just going to leave and the the guys that are coming through are not going to have the experience to, to learn from. Do you know what I mean? So there, yeah. So there's it sounds like there's a, a long road to go in terms of where where we should be on this. Um, but but like to be fair, like you know, people like yourself by. Um, by talking about it, it you, as, as always, if there's an issue, by actually talking about it and trying to get people to work on it, that's that's the, the first step. Um, but uh, Mark, I I could talk to you all day um, about this, and I know you have so many, you have so many interesting stories. Um, I think we'll have to get you back on a second time <laughs> to talk about all of that. Um, but I suppose from today, you know, really and truly, I suppose an, an ask I think would be for us all to have just a little bit of consideration for all of the wonderful people especially if we, if we take it back down to the, the community yeah. and as you mentioned at the very start of this conversation take it back down to little kids mm. and trying to give them an opportunity to have fun and develop skills and, and benefit from the game and the love and all of the things that they want to do um, we might ask uh, that uh, maybe everyone has a think about the, the shoes on the other foot and uh, you know uh, really a bit of compassion for everyone who's involved and a bit of support will go an awful long way Yeah well look I, I suppose some of the stuff I've talked about today it's a conversation that needs to happen mm. and especially if you're going to try and encourage people to be referees long term we need to get this stuff right yeah yeah I'm not saying it can't be got mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. I'm saying we just need to Needs address to it, it. Mm. yeah now there's no point in me leaving on a negative I did I was a referee for over 20 years I loved it mm. well clearly or you yeah. wouldn't have done it I, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. have done yeah, it yeah, and, and yeah. it wasn't because I was going and I was getting really well paid for it you're not mm. that's not why you do mm. it mm. you're doing it because you're part of the game you're doing it to facilitate the young kids and allow them to play as you move up it gets everything gets more pressurised yeah sure and that's understandable yeah, yeah. Well, refereeing is really really good it's really beneficial for your confidence it's mm. really beneficial mm. for your health and fitness and all that sort of stuff and there's really really good people in refereeing mm. Mm. and that can't be overshadowed by the couple of people that are just they may not know they're doing it sure, incorrectly sure but mm. you can't overshadow all the good work that's being done. Mm. And I, I've looked at the people that are coming in and I think there's a really good opportunity for change, especially in the League good. of Ireland. Mm. But the conversation and, and the education of referees at the lower level, you need, if, if I was getting you to join as a referee now in the morning, I'd want you to know both sides of it. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the fluff no, piece and say, yeah. this is great. Mm. I need you to know the other ones and then make, uh, you know, your qualified decision and say, this is what I need. Mm. This is what I need to know. And then you say, I still want to do this. Because then long term, you're going to stick it out. Because when you're met with the challenges, you're expecting them. Yeah, you're prepared. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, um, look, that's, I I don't want to leave it on a negative. And and I think it's, you know, there's lots of benefits. I'd absolutely come back and talk to you if you wanted. But um, there's lots of stuff that that there is around uh, around health and fitness and and, uh, mental well-being and stuff. But I I genuinely think that um, my career was really benefited my life. And I really enjoyed it. But the reasons I left were for the right reasons. Yeah. I left because I wasn't spending enough time with my family. Sure. And 
the education stuff inside of it that's just something that just needs to evolve mm. um, but uh, my kids benefit because I'm home more my wife sees me more I don't know if that's a benefit for her or not <laughs> but um, look and I one of those things I had a great career yeah. and I really enjoyed it yeah. um, and now I move on to something else Absolutely that's Mark um I just want to wish you the very, very best of luck. I, I also want to thank you for everything that you've done. I can the, the, you, the amount of lives that you actually impact by facilitating those games. I, 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 I'm bringing back to community again, the little ones running around the pitch. Yep. None of that can happen without the ref. <laughs> so, Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. I want to thank you for all of the hours <laughs> and everything that you've put into that. Um, and I want to wish you the very, very best of luck moving forward. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thanks, thanks very, very much. much. Thanks very much for joining me on the Health and Fitness Show this evening. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back on midlands103.com or you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. Of course, as always, I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to contact me, you can do so on healthandfitness at midlands103.com. Have a lovely weekend, everybody, and I'll chat to you next week. The Health and Fitness Show with Dr. Diane Cooper in association with The Hearing Consultancy. Experiencing hearing difficulties? Book your free hearing test at one of our clinics in Kinnegad, Mullingar or Tullamore and get impartial advice on hearing aids, ear protection, tinnitus health and more. TheHearingConsultancy.ie Midlands 103